Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid, bad seed, hurt people. I like him already. <laughs> yeah, you know, the problem was he got sloppy, you know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who couldn't hear the train till it was two feet from him. Hmm. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Wow. Made mistakes. And then he had his now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to television. G'day! Hello! Hello! Hey! hey. Whoa! Hey. I'm Wayne Stellini. And I'm a fellow hunting, and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. We most certainly do, Philip. Philip, I feel like we're in some sort of time warp. I know, right? And I'm kind of feeling like my name is Charlie and I've just <laughs> discovered three beautiful angels. We've got a few special guests with us today. We do. Amazing. We do. Welcome back, Kendall. Hey. hey. And welcome, Kirsten. Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and the lovely Fulia. Hello. Ladies, welcome to Fred. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Flattery so. is lovely. Yes. <laughs> Gets you everywhere. Absolutely yeah. does. Absolutely does. Well, this is super exciting because we're reviewing one of my favourite films today. But before we get onto that, I'm curious. Kendall, what have you been watching lately? What have I been watching? Well, the other night I decided to have a Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock evening. Oh, hello. I watched Speed because I've been yeah, dying yeah. to watch that ever since like, I had a conversation with my dear friend Christina. Hello, Christina, if you're listening. <laughs> and we were talking about John Wick and Keanu. And so I was like, I need to watch Speed. Now I watched Speed and then I was like, oh, these two are so great. I should watch The Lake House. Oh. So I watched The Lake House for the first time. Hadn't seen it before. I've seen Speed like 15 times. The Lake House is a really good Oh movie. my God. I was just, I loved it. It's like a sci-fi romance and like with time travel. And yeah. yeah. It's absolutely beautiful and they have such a chemistry. So cool. I had a great night. Lovely. <laughs> and Kirsten, how about yourself? What have you been watching lately? Um, as always, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. I've uh, <laughs> not seen the finale yet, so I'm pretty excited. So... No spoilers, people. No spoilers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, especially with the romance that's been happening this particular season mm. with Miss Banshee and Brooklyn Heights. Yes. So sweet. Mm. I'm kind of in love with them at the moment. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, that's, you know, if you asked me the same question six months ago, I'd probably answer with RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Yay. 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 No spoilers, but it's no a great spoilers. finale. Yeah, yeah it's oh, a great good. finale. <laughs> and, Fulia, how about yourself? What have you been watching lately? Well, I've just finally finished watching The Golden Girls. Yay. <laughs> I already missed their assassin sarcasm. It was so fun. Yes. 
But um, most recently, I watched a film called Never Ending Man, Hayao Miyazaki. It's about Hayao Miyazaki, who is an animator at uh, Studio Ghibli. It's more of a documentary about the time where he announced his retirement. Oh, right. But he was still itching to get another film out there. Um, it's the title Never Ending Man. Exactly. Yeah. And he also stumbled across CGI and young CGI animators came, across, uh, came to him and showed him all things CGI and how CGI can be used in animations. And so he thought, yeah, let's try, try that. Um, he came across quite a lot of challenges and he was still adamant in getting hand-drawn characters and, you know, backgrounds and animations or whatever in the film. So it was a really interesting uh, documentary film. Oh, that sounds nice really one. cool. Yeah, yeah. So big, big studio for Ghibli fans. So watching this really gave me an insight into the mind that is Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. Amazing. Yes. Philip, what have you been watching since last podcast? Well, you may remember a while ago now, a few episodes back, I said that I'd finished Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> yes. And so recently I've started watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's just a never-ending cycle <laughs> <laughs> with, with Star Trek, you know. I, I must admit, I'm only like six episodes in mm-hmm. of season one and not enjoying it as much as the original series or uh, the, but, uh, next gen next gen thank you you're welcome um but i'm also willing to give it benefit of the doubt sort of thing it's just it, deep space nine for those who don't know is literally just they're all on board a space station hmm. and so there's no discovery of new planets and no discovery right. of new things and new it's all centered <laughs> around this space station that's on the sort of the border of the kardashians who are the bad guys and the federation sorry what the kardashians the kardashians wow. yes that's like the villains so appropriate so yeah, so it just is not gripping me as much, but I want to watch it. So maybe like teething so, problems type yeah, thing for you, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And what have you been watching? Yeah, well, I decided to actually revisit Ooh. my all-time favorite movie, which is Spielberg's Jaws. Ooh. And nice. while I was there, I'm like, let's just watch the whole quadrilogy. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I just love that those films are by four different directors and four different films in the one franchise. You've got Jaws, the absolute masterpiece. Jaws 2, which was a slasher film mm-hmm. before slasher films were a thing. Mm-hmm. Jaws 3 was like that failed experiment that was really a big commercial for SeaWorld. And then Jaws, <laughs> Jaws 4 is just Jaws 4. <laughs> Jaws the, are, the Revenge. Jaws are Revenge, which is, yeah, absolutely... <laughs> Uh, which is the appropriate title. Yes. Um, which is funny, though, because in Jaws 2, there is a shark expert who tells someone, he goes, like, sharks don't take things personally. <laughs> and then, of course, the tagline for Jaws Revenge was, this time it's personal. Oh. <laughs> so I just thought... <laughs> Nice. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, well, well worth sourcing just to say that you've seen Michael Caine in his notorious <laughs> Jaws: The Revenge oh, no. movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yes, I think yeah, I should probably check that. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. They're a lot. They're a lot of fun. Awesome. So, what are we reviewing today? Well, today we're reviewing the seminal tale of the Dark Knight, Tim Burton's Batman. Please explain. As Gotham City approaches its bicentennial, reporter Alexander Knox, Robert Wall, and photojournalist Vicky Vale, Kim Basinger, begin to investigate rumours of a vigilante nicknamed Batman who is targeting the city's criminals. 
Meanwhile, when mob boss Carl Grissom, Jack Palance, discovers that his mistress Alicia, Jerry Hall, is having an affair with his second-in-command, Jack Napier, Jack Nicholson, he engineers Napier's death in a raid at Axis Chemicals. However, the plan is foiled when Batman, Michael Keaton, arrives and Napier falls into a vat of chemicals, emerging with discoloured hair and bleached skin. Driven insane by the incident, Napier adopts the guise of the Joker and takes over Gotham's criminal underworld. It is inevitable that Gotham's crime fighter and new crime boss will face off mono e mono. After more than two decades away from the big screen, The Dark Knight was back and redefined how the public saw comic book movies. So, Fulia, experiencing Batman for the first time, yeah. how did you see it? Look, I, I feel like this would have been one of those epic films to have watched uh, when it first came out, and it would have been like really exciting to see. Mm. I'm not a big DC fan myself, so going into seeing um, Batman uh, was really interesting because, A, it's a really, really old film, so the style of cinematography and editing is a lot different compared to what it is now. Mm -hmm. But also, I feel like the story didn't really intrigue me that much. Okay. So as as an origin story, it didn't grip you at all not really no like i feel like the tv series gotham was more enticing okay in the way that well mind you it doesn't really get to the the point where he's batman no. it's literally while he's still while he's still young yes but this film itself was just i don't know i just i couldn't really get myself invested in it to okay. be honest yeah well we're going to discuss how it tells batman's origin a bit later on so yep. that's really interesting as somebody who is seeing it with fresh eyes mm. um you know like 30 years on after yeah. it was made but kirsten you'd seen this film before yeah so revisiting it this time around what are your general thoughts well i do enjoy tim burton's um idea of batman i kind of i like how he puts it in you know the comic book world of things so it's you know, not quite as realistic as we see it in today's, you know, the more the modern Batman. Mm. Growing up, I'd always watch all of the villains, and I'd prefer <laughs> to watch the villains. So when I actually came to watch it today, I was like, oh, yeah, there's actually plot and more <laughs> <laughs> things involved. So, no, I really, I did enjoy it. Um, I did find some of the, the, like, the action sequences, I felt like they wanted to really milk mm. every moment. So it felt like those moments went longer than maybe other action movies Ooh, do go now. Right. So there were some moments I was sort of like, okay, he's still on his way. Like, <laughs> he's coming. It's happening. Yeah. And then go back to another, like a fast-paced sequence and go back to Batman still flying <laughs> on his way there. So there were little moments like that that's a little bit jarring, but, you know, and I think we're sort of now used to ways of, you know, certain movies are made now. Yeah. And we're used to things being fast-paced. Totally. Things are happening. But I did enjoy everything being over the top, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> not much more I can say. It's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. So yeah. I knew we were, we were going to enjoy that. So I, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. Excellent. Mm. So Kendall, fond memories for you with oh, Batman? Oh, yeah. No, I grew up watching this movie. Yeah, one of the many nerdy films my parents showed me and my brother. But this is probably the first time I'm watching it with like a critical eye, or at least mm. I was trying to watch it with a critical eye because I adore this movie and I have for a long time and I still think it's one of the greatest Batman films ever. I mean, The Dark Knight probably just pips it, I think, mm-hmm. but this is just, it's so iconic. But yeah, critically, like, I don't know, like it's, I see what Kirsten's saying, because you can tell it's an older film because a lot of older films 
the further you go back, the slower mm. some of them can kind of get. And we, especially in the golden age of cinema, used to be every film was like an epic of three hours. Yeah. Like, especially if it was a big blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at Cleopatra, you look at Ben Hur, right? Yeah. Um, and this is Batman's two hours. They probably could have refined it back down to maybe a hundred minutes or or whatever if they really wanted to. But that aside, I also agree with Gerson and mm-hmm. Tim Burton. Just I love his take on Batman. I think it's it's really wonderful and just the the the, the noir aspects that mm. he brings like it perfectly suits the character and the world of Gotham as this like decrepit crime infested city you know and Michael Keaton is still my favorite Batman mm. hands down he's still and he's I, he's just wonderful I mean kind of studying like the I guess trying to study the dialogue between him and and like Vicky Vale, for example. Yeah. I think I kind of wanted a bit more mm, from them, a little bit more character development, mm. I think. Nevertheless, I'm still I'm still satisfied at the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah. so Philip, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on Burton's Batman? So I haven't watched this in a very long time, I realised. It's one of these movies where I sort of go, oh, yeah, no, it's Batman. Of course I know Batman. Mm. And then I found watching it, I was like, this isn't the Batman I not this isn't the Batman I remember. It's like it was all familiar but different. Mm. It was almost like watching someone having re-edited <laughs> the same footage. Yeah, is that because of, of nostalgia of memories? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I remember seeing it and all that, but then watching it now and again, I think again with a bit of more of a critical eye. Yeah, as well. But I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I thought there was more. I thought there was." For me, it's, I love this movie, yet I can tell you now, and we'll go into it later, I've got a lot to nitpick about this movie. And some of it I don't even think is so much nitpicking as much as it's actually quite bad when you look at storytelling. There's actually quite a few bits in here where I think there were unnecessary things, but also things they left out that kind of were needed. Right. Um, So it was actually, there's a, as far as I feel there's actually a lot of bad storytelling in this which is interesting because i still really enjoyed it even with that realization yeah sort of thing so So it was still fun maybe on a superficial level Mm -hmm. but if you go deep you're like oh okay Uh, i'm choosing to gloss over yeah a a little bit of that i'd I'd like i'd like to go off the record to say that even with a more deeper sort of thing it's just there were bits that I had to... It's almost like I had to fill in as a Batman fan. Right, okay. And, and I don't even mean that in that sort of annoying, you know... Yeah. Oh, they, this isn't Batman's... Re-. I accept, can accept that it's a different take. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. that it's, you know, Tim Burton's take on the show. But there were certain things left out that literally, from a storytelling aspect needed to be there and I don't understand why they weren't there okay Okay. and it'd be nice for someone to be able to explain to me why they weren't there yeah well if we think about when this film was released so 1989 let's look at the context Batman's now got a totally different look to what we're used to it we've grown up with Mm -hmm. reruns of Adam West so the 1960s series Mm -hmm. very bright pops of colour and campy and a lot of Dutch angles Um, interestingly there are a few Dutch angles in this film (laughs) which is kind of cool but um, (laughs) you know not to the extreme of the Adam West series and its film so Batman's got this ingrained image I suppose in our consciousness and he's changing in the comic books but really a lot of adults aren't reading comic mm. books yeah in the 90s or in the 80s sorry because they're for kids yeah 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 
And then a story called The Killing Joke is released. And this grabs everybody's attention. So just a quote from Tim Burton. I was never a giant comic book fan, but I've always loved the image of Batman and the Joker. The reason I've never been a comic book fan, and I think it started when I was a child, is because I could never tell which box I was supposed to read. Mm. I don't know if it was dyslexia or whatever, but that's why I love The Killing Joke, because for the first time I could tell which one to read. It's my favorite. It's the first comic I've loved. And the success of those graphic novels made our ideas more acceptable. So The Killing Joke is hugely influential in the way this film is presented. And I think even just the mentality, the approach on doing Batman in a certain way. Because we were still thinking as a mass audience, oh, Batman, yeah, that's fun, that's campy. And then Burton delivers this. Yeah, Mm. yeah. So when it was announced that we had Tim Burton making this film... Hardcore fans who have been following Batman through the comics and know the killing joke get nervous. <laughs> who is this kid? What has he done? <laughs> Pee-wee's big adventure? Yeah, what? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess they kind of know what they're doing. Hang on. Who has he cast? Michael <laughs> Keaton? <laughs> the guy from Night Shift and Mr. Mum? Yeah. <laughs> You've Night got Shift. a comedian playing Batman. What are you... What? Yeah. <laughs> what? What is this? And he's not wearing blue and purples and all of these. He's wearing black with that beautiful gold shield on his chest. But then we've got Jack Nicholson, hey? That's yeah. an Oscar-winning actor as the Joker, and mm-hmm. he's got his world-famous smile. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, so that adds a bit more um, gravitas to what I suppose, uh, you know. And it had me thinking that they've gone for the approach that the Solkinds and Richard Donner had for when they were doing Superman back in the 70s is, well, we're casting somebody who back then you didn't know, now it's somebody you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah. We're directing someone who's not directed a comic book movie before. And we've got a big name attached to it Mm. to treat it more seriously. So there was a lot of interest in this film. And people were nervous but people were super excited about it as well. Yeah, well, I he- when I hear about people talking about the hype behind this film mm. and when it was released, Batmania was the phrase yeah, that everyone it was seemed to use. Absolutely huge. And I think in the States, Warner Brothers even issued out like free Batman t shirts. So just plain white with the classic Batman logo saying, here, it's free advertisement. Yeah, <laughs> because everyone was like hyped up and people were getting excited about this film once I think they started seeing previews and trailers and things like that. And when you've got early critic reviews being quite positive and all of these things, mm-hmm. hey, you got free advertisement. Everyone's talking about Batman. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, and the fact that Adam West wasn't associated with it at all, for example, I think mm-hmm. just made that clear di- distinction and definition there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in terms from the camp to grit, if you will, I mean, there's fun mm-hmm. elements here. There has to be. We've got the Joker. But it's not a campy film. No. I, I, I would suggest. I don't know. So for you all are familiar with Adam West's mm. rendition of yes. Batman? Yep. So for you, did this film bring Batman into a new light successfully, at least on an aesthetic and superficial level? It's hard for, for me to sort of say now because I grew up with the animations. Right. Which were heavily influenced, if not directly influenced, from Tim Burton's movie. So yes. Tim sure. Burton's movie for me is actually the definitive Batman. It makes so it sense. Is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, to you. So it's hard to think how people would have made that transition from mm. uh, the campy Adam West to this. Yeah. But I can definitely say that having seen both, 
Tim Burton's version for me makes more sense. Yeah. This idea of a, you know, a the vigilante, the not working with the police, mm. the especially that gives that contrast between your Superman and your Batman. Yes. That he's uh, it's all in the dark and it's all and then when you get to the animated ones it becomes the detective side of him actually comes out a lot more than he does in the movies I feel. Mm. Yeah. So definitely to me this version makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So ladies comparisons to Adam West. I mean is there a comparison really? Well, you know, it's just like it's apples and oranges yeah. really. Yeah, it feel you right like it, this greed the greedy Batman this darker Dark Knight, if you will, yeah. really does suit the, the character in the world a lot more. And I think it's very much a commentary on the times yeah, that, exactly. that they were made because the 60s was like Camp Just, Central, yes. Flower, Child, Power, Hippie, all that stuff. And so them doing a bright and laughable comedy. Like Batman, I think people can like considered it as a comedy, didn't they? Part, back in, in the parts, day? Back in the day, oh, in the 60s. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. adults got the, the jokes, the sexual innuendo, the yeah. humor and things like that. Watching it as a child, like when it was being rerun on TV, because Adam West was my first exposure to to Batman and yeah. I fell in love with the character of Batman because I love the villains. So very similar mm. to you, Kirsten, yeah. as well. It was the <laughs> villains that drew me in. And yeah. then it wasn't until I was a teenager that I really got to appreciate Batman as, as a character. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Like as a kid, there were bits that were like, not I don't want to say confronting or, or scary, but I think as a child, because you don't really understand the sentence of humor, you saw it as like a straight telling almost. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the villains were really wicked and things like that. And Batman and Robin were, were really heroic. Yeah. But yeah, this totally shifted it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then it also reflects like what you were saying about the killing joke before. Like, mm. And then that was when like, you know, Frank Miller was doing. Absolutely. Like these epic stories. The Dark Knight Returns came out. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was all bit late 80s and Batman was just so yeah of that noir darkness kind of feel and it yeah I just I love it so and it also yeah. would have followed the comic the actual comic books itself because I mean they talk about the different eras of the comic yeah. books like the golden age the silver age etc and those earlier ones which would have influenced mm. uh, Adam West Batman were a lot brighter were a lot yeah I mean Batman <clears throat> was working with the police early yeah. on it was in detective comics interestingly though when they did do the Adam West series and it was a huge success that actually influenced how Batman was then in the comics right, because yeah. they're like well this is what people are watching and are responding sure. to so in the comics he became a lot more sort of campier and it was more fun and it was you know oversized creatures and all of these different things you know we wouldn't really see it now well not mm. played the way it was played mm. whereas you're right with Burton because he was away from the screen and now especially like even going into the 70s 80s the Adam West one is then sort of seen like a joke nobody wants to make it <laughs> yeah. we're, we're yeah. laughing at him now not with him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. but I would also say the closest comparison today we get is Batman, the animated version of Batman Brave and the Bold. Yes, but I feel like that, that is purposely aimed for a younger demographic, though. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think with Burton's Batman, and definitely The Killing Joke, was aimed at a more oh, yeah, mature yes. audience. For sure. Now, the thing is, Batman's always going to appeal to children, and mm. this will cause this film sequel to suffer, actually, and it will impact this franchise. But we'll talk about that a bit later. <laughs> um, however... This, I think, redefined Batman in the broad public consciousness because not everyone was reading comics. Mm. Now, reading comics is is a thing. Like, mm. kind of, a lot of people do it. A lot of nerds do it. Yeah. But this was hugely influential on that. 
One thing that it did that was really brave slash brazen <laughs> was it played with Batman's origin. Yeah. So in this day and age, that is absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> but this was before the internet, so it meant that creative people could actually be creative without yeah. consequence. Yeah. Oof. No rotten tomatoes. Oof. Yeah. No. So wow. For those of us who know Batman's origin well, or well enough, what do we think about how Batman became Batman? Well, just I'm. I'm totally fine with the liberties that they took mm. in, in telling his origin in this. I mean, I know for a fact a lot of diehard Batman fans were pissed off that yeah. they kind of got altered a lot. And like the Joker didn't kill Batman's parents. What is this? This yeah. is bullshit. But I, I think, look, if you're, take, you're taking on a well-loved character and world here, you, I think you should be allowed to take these liberties in terms of trying to get your audience to engage. Like, And it's such a cool twist in the film. Mm. Like you don't... Especially if you are like a diehard Batman fan, you know the origin. Like you, you're not going to see that coming either. No. And I just thought it was a really nice way to well, it frames connect. It. it frames it, it beautifully. It frames it because like the movie starts with that family that mm. he, that get mugged, and it's just such a, a mirror image of yeah. what happened to him when he was a kid. And then the whole dance with the devil in the pale moonlight is like my favorite quote in that mm. entire film so yeah, um I was listening to jack nicholson say that or yeah. anything for that matter, but <laughs> anything, yes, yeah that yeah. line it just yeah it gives me chills yeah yeah, yeah. so it's i yeah I, i'm totally fine with what they do yeah. so fully are you familiar with batman's origin like in terms of who killed his parents and things like that or not really not really no yeah so you had mentioned before that this story didn't quite grip you no. it is an origin story in terms of we literally see the origin of the joker unfold before us yes but through flashbacks and discussions we're really seeing the origin of batman as well because gotham is learning who mm. he is yeah so i guess as an origin story what did you like what didn't you like about the actual film or the narrative well to be honest the beginning of the movie confused me because i didn't realize that that wasn't Bruce Wayne and his family. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I first, and then all of a sudden they jumped into Batman saving them, and I'm like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> well, I was going to say, if you've seen like Nolan's Batman Begins, and then you know Zack Snyder's Dawn of Justice, like those movies open up with that, mm. but, and it's Bruce and it's the Wayne family, and it's happening to that. So I can totally understand yeah. you being mm. like, oh, well, I thought that was like that's yeah. that's easy if it's your first. Time. Oh, I thought that. I remember yeah. thinking that as a kid as well. And yeah, then exactly. You can hear like. The, the wife, I think, called the husband Harold. And I'm like, hang on, that's not right. Yeah, and I'm thinking, hang on, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, and yeah. then it pans out. But yeah. yeah, so that sort of threw you. It was a bit of a twist for you to go, yeah. oh, this is a little Bruce. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end, when it actually shows what happened to Bruce and his parents, yeah. then I was like, oh, hold on a second. Okay, so the one at the beginning wasn't him. Yeah. Right. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. The It, like, it kind of threw me a little. Yeah. Do you feel like because it started the way it did it, put you off the film or it took you a while to settle i think it might have taken me a little bit of time to settle into it so because of the confusing factor yeah um it just didn't really continue very well for me okay so what did you think about the unfolding drama with the joker so we saw jack napier turn into the joker so yeah. that was a bit more of a clear cut that, origin. that I, yeah that i understood um, yeah. and of course you know we don't know the joker's actual origin so you can play no. with it anyway yeah, yeah and right. i actually enjoyed the way they did it in this film i love I thought it, it was yeah. pretty cool it's yeah awesome. um so yeah yeah what did you think about the joker's origin i thought it was uh it was interesting to see how they how they did that Kind of a little bit confused about what that VAT solution was. Yeah, the chemicals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just sort of 
wondering how much more burnt or yeah. you know damaged he could have been. Well, I, d- I think you. That's when the the filmmakers are like, oh, your the audience has to fill in the blanks on that. You just have to go, oh, he's fallen into a bad chemicals. It's nondescript. Yeah, it's just it's, is what it is, and this is how he's come out book. of it. It's yeah. very. Com- it yeah. is very comical, mm. and it's, it's and like it, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Totally, that's was, the phrase I was looking for. Yeah, I was going to say that as yeah. well, because I mean. Well, let's face it, we're being introduced into this world where a man is dressed up as a bat. Yeah. You, there is an element that you have to accept. Totally. And I don't necessarily think that nondescript chemicals or a vat of chemicals contributing to the scars and all of these things is much of a giant leap because I'm not a chemist. And I'm just like, well, no. you know, f- film, if you say that that's what happens to him, <laughs> that's what happens to him. Also, like, I'm accepting yeah. that. Tiny bit of detail, though. Mm. Again, you sort of miss it if you you don't really hear it. The white, the paleness is not actually from the chemicals. Mm. The paleness is from because he goes to that doctor, yeah, and that's actually from he. The doctor says your nerve endings have all died, so that's actually why mm. he's gone pale mm. because his nerve endings have died and the blood's not getting to. That is that, a, that is a contributing factor with the chemicals, though. I'm going to argue because when his hand raises up, I was going to say he's it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is it is got, white. He's yeah. got green nails and yeah. white. Yeah, because yeah, I was true, interpreted true. the the whole nerve endings was we can't fix your face. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, the um, smile. Yeah, maybe that was that's that. Right. I was the other but way. I think no, it's kind of a bit more or it could be a combination. Combination yeah, of all of yeah, these things. Totally, Again, we yeah. can accept yeah. what we've given, but you know, we're not given a lot of information. I actually think that's better. I don't particularly want to go into the details. I'm here to watch a movie. I'm here to watch this unfold yeah, 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 because yeah. once a Joker is there, he is there. Mm. I think Jack Nicholson brings a lot of his own humor into it. Totally. Kirsten, how did you feel that the yeah. Jack played as Joker, or let's just even just go with the Joker himself in this film and his origin? What were your thoughts? Well, probably the best way to sort of have a bit of discussion about the differences between Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker yeah. because they're too, like you know a lot of people will say they've got a favourite out of the two but yeah. in my opinion it's again it's apples and oranges yeah. it's yeah. two totally different ways of you know, oh. looking at a character yeah. and Jack Nicholson's character was you don't really know you don't know his background you don't know what mm. went on with you know his you know him growing up you don't know that but in a way you kind of don't really need to know no. you just sort of go this guy he's you know he's insane he's powerful he he just you know he gets what he wants and yeah. you know he'll do anything to get it so and there's just, also yeah, yeah and there's also just a l- enough history from yeah. when like Bruce is going through the history of his yeah fun. like childhood yeah. violence and things like that they don't need to give too many details yeah. exactly i mean and it's the same with Bruce himself, with his childhood trauma. We don't talk about, you know, him mm. spending time on the psychiatric's couch if he was ever there. For mm. example, you've got all of these lovely little details about, like, trauma, what it must do. And Vicky's very sympathetic about it. Yeah. Mm. Alfred is looking very, like, you know, his concern is very loving there. Yeah. He's got that absolute beautiful line about that he doesn't want to spend his final years mourning mm. lost friends mm. or, or their, their sons. sons. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful, heartbreaking mm moment but yeah i think the story as an origin and just as an overall narrative works for the purpose of the story it wants to tell Mm. but philip you had a few issues with the story yes so i just want to quickly piggyback off what kirsten was just saying with heath ledger versus jack nicholson that for me jack nicholson it's it's this idea that Jack Nicholson portrays the Joker, the clown prince of crime. Mm. 
Whereas Heath Ledger sort of gets the Joker, Batman's nemesis mm. sort of thing. Yeah. Heath Ledger is very much more focused on the Batman and it's about the Batman and it's not about mm. the money. It's not about the, the, mm. the ruling Gotham. It's about the Batman and breaking the bat. Whereas yeah. for Jack Nicholson, whilst it's still getting a lot of around the Batman, of course, he's about creating fear and uh, it's about the joke. Exactly. Um, which I absolutely love both. Well, just sorry to yeah. um, go on that, Philip. Heath Ledger's Joker does not fit into Tim Burton's world. Oh, no. World. No, 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 Jack no, no, Nicholson's no. Joker does, does not fit, fit into exactly Christopher right. Nolan's world. So no. there's no comparison. Oh, They're both yeah. great portrayals. Yeah, so with the origin story, I actually... It, part of me really goes that almost... I didn't want to see either of their origin. Really? No. Uh, and it's hard because, again, I do also understand that a lot of... You maybe have to take into account that a lot of the audience may not have seen mm. Batman. We, we take for granted today that we... You know, Batman's Batman. We know Batman. We know the. Mm. it's well established. But for me, I liked the idea that we saw Batman... He's obviously early on. Mm. It's obviously near the... Uh, start of his career which I also will throw out just quickly Alfred's concern about Bruce and Batman it doesn't fit in with this timeline Mm -hmm. because that concern and that heavy heartedness to me is later on down the track as the Batman starts to consume Bruce Mm -hmm. whereas if this is at the very start this isn't where it's really consumed him. Kendall, so Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I feel like his concern for Bruce is kind of coming out of the way he's shunning Vicky. Yeah. I think. Because he's seeing him, he's a young man, he's a, you know, fully, well, fully grown, you know, young man, like, you know, a bachelor, all that stuff. He, Alfred knows he's lonely. I mean, he's going out every night beating up bad guys mm. dressed as a bat. This, he needs he needs companionship. Mm. And so I think his concern really just stems from seeing him give Vicky the culture. Yeah. And also, on top of that, Kendall, if we want to go a bit further into what we learn about this world and this timeline and the context of this Batman story, Bruce Wayne is, what, the wealthiest man in America? Yeah. Vicky Vale doesn't know what he looks like. Yes. Yeah. Alexander Knox doesn't even know what he looks like. I had so, issue with that. So <laughs> he's obviously very prominent, yeah. but probably goes more to what you were saying, Kendall. Yeah. How sheltered is he yeah. that he's doing all of these business dealings under the radar and stuff yeah. like that, that really only the highest of society, the elite, really know actually can recognize him and know who he is. Yeah, that makes sense. But this, the other thing is, though, if you either want to drive that... Mm. This movie takes place, unless someone can show me otherwise, I'm, again, happy to be uh, proven wrong, but it takes place over the course of, what, a week? Because they're having the... the yeah, it the is parade. a short period. It is a very yeah. short period. So yeah. all of a sudden, Alfred is concerned about him not hooking up with this Sheila that he's slept with once, who's now calling him constantly in the space of a couple of days. <laughs> who, you know, it, it, to me, that all felt... It, it felt quickly. like... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she could say, it. I loved you the moment I met you. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And to me, so. it just sort of feels... It, that made it feel like they were trying to give us a long period of time in a short amount of space. And, and that, to me, just was a little jarring. Which, 
brings me back to all the origin stuff. Mm. So I would have started the Batman's story where it was. I was quite happy with that. Um, so, you know, he's at the start mm. and he's telling the criminals to tell me who, to tell them who I am. Rah, rah, rah. The Joker, I would have liked to have essentially seen his story start when he walks in to the gangster, the gangster boss. To Carl's. Yeah, to Carl's. I didn't need all that sort of backstory of the lovers and the, the they know each other. You're like, kidding me, right? Because, <laughs> because for me... You're kidding me. Him just walking in the first time we ever see him... Well, as, as the Joker. As the Joker. So like, where's saying? the context? Are you telling me you didn't need a backstory to that? We didn't need it for... An hour? <laughs> no, we didn't, go didn't for an hour. need it yeah. for Heath Ledger's. Yeah, but that's... You just it's different. No, no there's no comparison. No, but there is. There's no com- there is no comparison with the two renditions. Because, because they're two totally they added, different because narratives. They, I'm not saying the script needed just to start as it was, but yeah. we didn't need to see... He's just some, uh, you know, second-rate uh, gangster who falls into a vat of, ac- vat of acid. And then if you'd kept the mystery about him, yes, okay, maybe have him in earlier and have something And there. Heath Ledger was in a sequel. The world and everything had already been established. I think I, the, mis- the mystery, the enig- enigmaticness of, of Heath Ledger's Joker suits that character so much more. Because you I really have... The Joker. Well, you it, look at, it does. You yes, look at but... the, the again going to the animated series. Is, is you look at every version <laughs> of the animated series. Yeah. His mystery yeah. is what makes him so well, powerful maybe, and so scary. Maybe this is what's a part of Tim Burton's take on him is the That's, fact that he. Yeah. Wanted to give him that, give him this kind of a backstory, as yeah. well as having him be the one that killed the Waynes. If we don't have the backstory, the narrative structure falls to pieces. I agree. Because well, it's all framed, it all comes full circle. They, yeah, I appreciate the two, the two are not dissimilar. I, I'm, at all. So, I'm sorry, yes, I appreciate that taking that away would have given us a completely different movie and it's one of those things Mm. that you know it's alternate history yeah as soon as you say oh well let's change this then the whole thing's different you know if the black death didn't happen in medieval england we wouldn't be i understand that but Mm. what i'm driving at is that i just i strongly feel that the strongest part of the joker yeah in any rendition is his mystery yeah, that's, that's and fair. I, yeah. I, I feel that this just robs him of something so powerful. It doesn't make Jack Nicholson's depiction any less awesome. Of course. But for me, narratively and storytelling-wise, it just watered it down. It's like oh. going, instead of going, hey, who's this guy that's obsessed with the Batman or obsessed with taking over Gotham and obsessed with whatever... And us not knowing and being, ooh, what's all this about, sort of thing. It goes, oh, okay, he's just a guy with a grudge and has gone loopy. Or do you, do you, do you think maybe it's because, like, Jack Nicholson is... He's the top billing in this film, mm. right? He's, he's the draw card. He's the star factor of this movie. So they give him, a, like, a whole bunch of time where he's recognised as Jack. And so then mm. when you see him in the makeup, you can mm. still resonate with him. Whereas with Heath Ledger's portrayal, I... And I tell this story all the time. I re- remember seeing the Dark Knight trailer for the first time and then I showed it to my father and I said, guess who the, the Joker is? And he mm. couldn't pick it mm. at all. And I was like, it's Heath Ledger, Dad. And he was like, 
What? <laughs> also, in Burton's versions of Batman, he keeps Batman in the shadows. It's yes. the yeah. villains that who are front correct. and center. Correct. 100% correct. You know, yes. it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's all about the villains, no. but they are a driving force in the narrative. They have to be, otherwise what's Batman doing? Exactly. Uh, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so he's fighting petty thieves. We see that Gotham City is gone to the dogs, and now this guy just emerges who is absolutely psychotic and takes over the underworld completely, and Batman has to step up. I think we need that gradual build-up. Mm. I think the time is given mm. on on purpose. We've got mystery with Batman. Like, we know yeah. we're safe with Batman. We know he is a good guy because yeah. we're seeing what he's doing. Yeah. But especially for people who don't know anything about his origin or backstory, it's slowly given to us, I suppose. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of the overall story, Phil, you had more thoughts on it? Yeah, so um, the other... Th- a major thing that uh, Kendall mentioned mm. the fact that he killed Bruce Wayne's parents now yeah. to me that to me is unnecessary it's again it's one of these sort of it, for me it, it, border, it walks the line mm. because yeah it's a nice twist mm. it's a fun sort of thing it's oh see connection rah, rah, rah. but to me again it waters down the fact that oh so what you actually will only defeat him if you have this personal thing, so Gotham's not good enough to save. It, it waters down. It to me again. It, Do you it, really it's... think that that is the point of view though? Because before the Joker is the Joker, and before he discovers this, he's still fighting crime. He's still finding this purpose. Yes, within it as well. But it, it's almost to sort of say, because again, everything's there for a reason, mm. and so the reason there is to take it from Batman just fighting another bad guy to oh now it's personal and it's like but did we need it to be we personal? did because it's it goes personal. into the psychology yeah. of the character batman when we see that final confrontation between batman and the joker we see that batman like he could if he he says you know i'm gonna kill you essentially he could have just thrown him off that church rooftop yeah but he tortures him yeah it is like batman is not stable no. whatsoever again it draws comparisons with him and the Joker. They're yeah. not that different. And I love the line, the line of dialogue where he's like, I made you, you made me first. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's gorgeous. I yeah. think it's beautifully written. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of the overall story and how it all panned together, might throw to Kirsten, as somebody who you know is familiar with the film and other renditions of, of Batman, did the story work for you? Like I was saying earlier about how sort of things tend to drag, particularly in those big action moments, that's probably where I sort of started to mm. sort of wane off a little bit. Was that more yeah. of a pacing issue yeah, for I you? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, like as a story, like because of Tim Burton's style, how he made it like a comic book, I, yeah. enjoy, I love that. And I love how mm. things are so over the top, so dramatic. I do enjoy that. Although if I did hear... Vicky Bell scream <laughs> one more time <laughs> I would have lost my mind yeah. but yeah but that's the whole point it's meant to be over the top the damsel in distress yes. the hero you know saves the girl she, he wins the girl in the end sort of thing yeah. and that I do enjoy you, you, and you, at the end of most any Batman movie you always leave feeling happy and yeah, like, yeah. yeah save the day again good job Batman yeah, yeah. it's yeah. yeah always feel good yeah. Yeah. so Felia you had said earlier that the story itself didn't quite grab you and it seemed to start on the wrong foot for you mm. <laughs> yeah were there any particular highlights though were there th- things that you did actually enjoy I'm not quite sure actually yeah but I think overall it just sort of 
um, sort of fizzled out a little bit for me. Okay. Well, you seem to be laughing quite a bit. In well, the there, next was, to me. There, there were there were some funny moments, or, although for me they were quite cheesy funny moments, to be yeah. honest. So that's the only reason why I was laughing at them. Yeah. I think that's um, the brilliance of it. Though, yeah. For yeah. Think they are. In, I think they are cheesy and yeah. silly and fun. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it personally works because you've got a lot of sinister stuff happening, mm. like when the Joko buzzes Anton <laughs> and he goes to a Christmas. I remember that terrifying. Me oh, as a kid, as a kid I. Yeah. That's yeah. I hate that I hated that. And scene. then I think to help <laughs> remedy myself when he goes into him and goes, I'm glad you're dead. You're dead I remember yeah. just yeah. laughing so much. I think that was just to make myself feel okay with it. I remember being terrified because Jack Nicholson as a kid terrified me. The laugh the, the laugh. laugh, the grin. Yes. Like the scariest man. Like if I'd have woke up in the middle of the night and he'd been standing in my doorway, <laughs> I would have fainted like, oh absolutely terrified me he yeah. terrified me yeah, that, <laughs> let's be honest though if you woke up in the middle of the night and a strange man was standing at the end of bed you'd be terrified <laughs> well, yeah. with that with that green <laughs> specifically though yeah. that yeah. green specifically yeah so phil i guess the other things that you had thoughts on that i'm going to argue yeah. against yeah this is the thing that you take a, regardless of the origin stuff mm. or not I really loved how this movie brought Batman to a mainstream audience. Because, again, it is hard for me to look back without all the hindsight of the Batman that I now know. Mm. You watched this at a time when there was nothing that other than Adam West, Correct. essentially. Yep. So, for me, I watched this at a time where I had already seen the comics and the stuff being influenced by yeah. Tim Burton. So, I was introduced to all of this stuff after the wave had already hit. Mm. So, it, it is it is a bit trickier for me. To, to That's why I suppose I do get a little bit more arced up about origin stories and that. Because, ironically, it was Tim Burton that set the standard. Mm. But then that standard didn't involve his decisions within the show, if that makes sense, or a lot of them. Yeah, well, I know that Sam Hamm, who wrote the original script and then other writers came on board to do it, he never had uh, Jack Napier kill the the Waynes to oh, begin with. Okay. Uh, and he also said that he never had Vicky Vale entering the Batcave. So I oh. think, yeah, it was more of a purist sort yeah. of point of view. But again, you make liberties... To frame a narrative, and I guess because Vicky is used as such a motivator mm. yeah. for Bruce to See, connect the, again. I in suppose. the purest yeah. form. And I suppose, again, this is maybe why it also arcs me up a little bit. Mm. Because I actually really like the the official canon re, uh, person who killed his parents. Yeah. You actually find out in comics, and right down the line... That it was a nobody. Yeah, it was Joe Chill. Yeah, that's it. And it's this nobody, it's this Joe Blow, it's this guy who was just some petty criminal. And that, for me, is so much more powerful than it being this arch nemesis, this, well, it was destined to be, when it's just no one. And that, to me, makes Batman even more, like you're sort of saying, insane and, and, and all over the place because... He's fighting something that isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's why I think that does sort of... um, One thing I do want to say, and this... I can forgive everything else. Mm -hmm. How does... And please tell me if I missed it, if I blinked and missed it, or fell asleep, or Mm -hmm. something. You go from uh, Bruce going to tell 
uh, Vicky Vale, that he's Batman, to her walking into the Batcave and just being like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, had a pro- I, I actually had a, I had a problem with that as well. Hang on, Vicky being cool with it or Bruce being cool with it? Or both. Yeah, so I think <laughs> my reading of it, and if anyone's got a different interpretation or if I have totally misread it, is Bruce reaches that stage under Alfred's encouragement. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Alfred I agree, encourages yeah. him because Vicky brings something in yeah, no, that Bruce. Part. Yeah, I'm building. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, Vicky brings out something in Bruce that Alfred has not has mm. not seen. Yes. like that gorgeous first date at Wayne mm. Manor where they go and eat with Alfred in the kitchen. Mm. That says a lot mm. about Bruce and about Vicky as well. Totally. And that's where she can see the real Bruce. They can you know, see it. And Alfred's obviously now seeing this wonderful young lady who's bringing something out in Bruce that is never seen really. Yeah. Because he is a loner. Yeah. For all the Mm. reasons we've talked about before. Bruce goes over because like, yep, Alfred's right. I I can trust this girl. I'm going to confide in her. I need to share this. They're disturbed by a wonderful sequence (laughs) (laughs) led by the Joker. Yes. So it doesn't happen. So Alfred knows that Bruce didn't reveal his alter ego. Alfred can see that Bruce is still being affected in the way that he is. And he feels that Vicky is, I guess the key to helping. Yeah. So off camera, clearly Alfred has said something to Vicky. Exactly what I've always thought. She doesn't just go into the bat cave surprised. Alfred's told, told her. Yeah. He has told her when she is there and they have that conversation Bruce understands that I guess he needs Vicky for this purpose. He sees why Alfred has done it. Now, this is all implied by all the conversations happening before, happening during, and we can see the relationship afterwards. That's my interpretation yeah. of the blink and you miss it because it never <laughs> appeared on, on, on screen. That's how I took from it. I don't know if you all thought uh, differently. I'm with you 100%. Okay, I can understand that. Mm. And I also... Except that not everything has to be shown. You don't need to show every drive to work. You don't have to show the meeting breakfast. You don't have to show. But that for me, and the best example I can come up with right now, is the Doctor of Doctor Who showing one of his new companions, the TARDIS. You always need to have that big reveal. It's the, oh my goodness, it's bigger on the uh, inside moment. And it just felt jarring that they would decide, oh yeah, we don't need the I'm Batman moment, especially when they were building up to it. I think it works better because we didn't see it. No, I'm I'm adamantly against it. They've built up to it. It is, you are coming to that climax and then you just sort of go, and next bit, it's like they had a deleted scene, they forgot to put it back in. And didn't realise till it was far too late. I, I no, you're, disre- you're disrespecting <coughs> the filmmakers on this one, Phil. The reason why it's done that way is because it has to emphasise the importance of Vicky. 
Bruce is vulnerable in that moment. It is a tender coming out, if you will, of who his alter ego is. For him to be just like, well, I'm Batman. Okay, cool. Let's go grab a coffee. I don't think it would work. It would have jarred me. It would not have been believable. She loves and respects Alfred in this short period of time because she sees how much he means to Bruce, how much they mean to each other. Yeah. She sees this family for what it is and loves it. And so who else but Alfred? Who who better to tell Vicky who Bruce is? Because he couldn't do it. He was struggling. And, and that's all well and good for an audience member who has watched the movie a hundred zillion times. Man, I got it when I was nine years old and I first saw it. Like, come on. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I think that this... You said I'm disrespecting the uh, filmmakers. Mm. I think the filmmakers disrespected their audience. I I was not disrespected at all by this decision. (sighs) I feel that it very much... uh, Again, it's a problem with timeline. It's a problem with them... The, the feel of this reveal mm. or lack there of reveal makes it feel like she's known that he's the Batman for a good month now and she's now getting, come on, Bruce, you've got to be careful and mm. I don't want you going out at night again and that style of thing. Whereas I'm not saying, you know, oh, I'm Batman, cool, let's go to get a coffee mm. or even a full-on, oh, my goodness, what is this? Oh, mm. the back But... Give us something. Give us a bit more than someone walking in. She felt like Alfred. It made sense to her, though. Because she knows of Bruce's tragic past. It makes sense. I think so, too. Kendall, elaborate. I I don't really... I don't even know if I can elaborate even more than whatever everyone's already said. But, yeah, I just... just, I've always interpreted that way. I feel like if they had have done the, like, the big I'm Batman reveal, Mm. I mean... uh, I don't want to say it would have been a predictable choice because at this point, Batman, like, you know, the previous superhero movie, like, we've only had, like, one, like, Superman 2 would have been the one where, you know, Lois finds out, mm. we get that reveal. And yeah. they, they do that really well in that. Yeah. Um, so maybe they were just like, well, let's just, we, we have, I feel like they, they made all the right choices in building up to that moment. I mean, I get, I can understand your frustration. I really can. Because sometimes it is nice to even just have a, a throwaway line of like, maybe if she'd walked in, she's like, tell me I'm crazy, but you were trying to tell this to me before and I can understand why you would have so much trouble with it, but I'm okay with it. Like, I mean, if they'd had a quick little thing, I can tell, yeah, I would have been fine with it, but for some reason I, I can just, I've always been able to put it in my head. Mm. It's just like Wayne said, since we were kids, like, I, I, don't, love, I don't know why. I love the conversation they have in the back. Hey, it's gorgeous. She is so wonderful and sensitive towards yeah. him. And I love how beautiful. And I love how Michael Keaton acts it to the way he's so standoffish. Yeah, it's and gorgeous. He, like, he, sta- he sees her and he, he freaks out because he's like, well, shit, Alfred said something he shouldn't have. Yeah. But like he stands up, he backs away, but then he goes towards her and they come to this understanding of, you know, who he, they are in that moment. And I'm not saying that that isn't beautiful. No, I'm no, not no. saying that that mm. isn't you're just, gorgeous. You're just, you're just thinking but either me, yeah. give us that short payoff, even like you just said there, would have been a little tiny thing as she's walking in or, 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 or something like that to acknowledge the fact that she's now uh, been told as opposed to giving us as if she's known forever. Yeah. Or don't give us that build-up. You can't have both. You cannot have your cake and eat it. You cannot expect an audience to be... So- and, of course, when you're happy to say that you were... I ate that cake and I, I ate that cake and I enjoyed it, Philip. Mm. <laughs> it was a delicious. Cake. It was delicious, and, I, and Kendall shared it with me. I Just <laughs> because it's an amazing film doesn't mean it is without 
fault. I'm not oh, saying it's not nice. that fault I feel at all. this is one of the glaring ones. I can even deal with I think the, it's lovely. I think it's fine. I, I think you can't have both bits sit in the same realm. Mm. And again, to me, it's just... It's convention, it's storytelling, it's they've missed just a tiny bit that made it jarring. Can it didn't jar me. I was going to say, it didn't jar me either, but that's, I can understand why it would yeah. jar Phil. I would love to know what Fulia and Kirsten think. So, let's crack yes. in. Go. All right. I'm sort of, like, halfway. I'm sort of on the fence about You're this. Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> because as much as I don't want that scene of that cheesy moment of him staring at her and going, I'm Batman, I don't want that, but... There was that part of me going, did they just they just sort of cut from one scene to the next? And it just sort of, I don't know, I don't know what exactly it needed, but I did feel like there was a little bit of a disconnect. And I'm like, maybe at least a bit of a, a shot to Alfred to sort of insinuate, like, that's what he was planning to do. Like, mm. he, you know, you know that... like Or he, like if Alfred had been in the background and yeah, then, like, like, him and Bruce had exchanged glances or something. Yeah, like, something like that to sort of go, okay, well, I did understand after a while going, okay, well, obviously... Alfred did this to let Vicky know. However, I would have liked to have sort of seen a little bit of that just so you know that's what happened. Like, it's I know it's a little bit of spoon feeding to the audience, mm. but sometimes, I mean, like the whole thing of the origins mm. and stuff like that, I do enjoy seeing how things happened. Mm. And I think that's why people enjoy Tim Burton's style because it's like the comic books. So you, so, so you go, this is a villain. Let's see how that happened. This is the good guy. Let's see how that happened. So I think if the fans are wanting it like that, Maybe they're wanting all of the parts of the story to be spoon-fed, as it were. But so you think the yeah. build-up leading to it with the Bruce and Vicky relationship just wasn't enough to convince you of yeah. that moment? Because, like, didn't convince Phil. Kendall and I seem to be okay. We're, with, we're sort of yeah, convinced I, with it, and you're sort of just, not quite sure on it that. Just, the scenes just felt like a bit of a disconnect. Like, one moment, she wasn't sure. She didn't mm. know what was happening. And the next thing you know, she's there, and she's like, yeah, I'm here for you, and mm. I don't know. Like, I just feel like there was something not quite understood, or something wasn't put through. But again, I don't want. I definitely did not want the scene of him telling her flat like what was what is the movie, and what, what the storyline is, and what <laughs> we all learned. Yeah. <laughs> also, I was gonna say quickly. Do you think maybe even the the, the, the shot we see of after the Joker's left, and then she turns around to, to find Bruce, and he's vanished. And she, all that's left is mm. like the poker and the, the the tray. The tray, thank you. Yeah, with the bullet. So maybe yeah. she's going like, I don't like that's yeah. fishy. Like, like, yeah, I get that she's starting to put the pieces together, many. but I feel like there was this. I feel like there's one something. I don't know what it's it is. Missing but the aha. One, yeah, there's one little thing that sort of have Alfred sort of nudging her to sort you of don't go see the light bulb go. Yeah, mm. and sort of go. How did she know where to go? Yeah. To the back. Like I know, obviously, Alfred yeah. would Alpha have showed her, her, but I, think, yeah. I sort of would have liked a little something. It's interesting you'll say that because Kendall just with this mm. conversation, they have that moment in Superman too, because you had mentioned it as well about you <laughs> yeah. know Lois finding out about Superman in, in a scene that I quite enjoy in the final cut yeah. of it in Richard Lester's version of it. It is actually quite beautiful and tender, yeah, more so than just this sort of surprised reveal mm. uh, but Fulia what did you think about the Bruce Wayne Vicky Vale dynamic as I guess as a love story element and the whole typical trope of only a beautiful woman can save the vulnerable tortured man <laughs> which is what we have here and yeah. I guess we have in a lot of superhero films that's true you know yeah. what were your thoughts on their dynamic I was always led to believe that Batman was a loner the whole time there was no relationship between anybody okay 
And so having Vicky Vale come into into this uh, from the beginning, mm. in fact, it, it just sort of threw me off because yeah. I always was led to believe that Batman or Bruce Wayne was never in a relationship with anybody. Well, he's an ultimate playboy, isn't he? Yeah. So for me, just, yeah, that just didn't seem right. Yeah. So Vicky fun- is from the comics. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, fun fact with the comics, uh, Vicky Vale quite often is actually depicted as a thorn in Batman's side because he, <laughs> she's act doing what... What was the guy's name? Knox? Yeah, Alexander Knox. Alexander Knox. She's actually doing that role. She's always trying to get the scoop, find out she's who is Batman. Yeah. She is If that. you consider so, how Superman and Lois Lane are. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of that dynamic. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, he actually usually doesn't like her. <laughs> so, yeah, to do this is... <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say on that note too, like... I'm guessing you haven't seen the other Batman films. No, I haven't. Because like, there's a different woman in every movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he is more of a he's more of the the, the, the James Bond of superheroes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. After, after this, so when you review it back with knowing all of that, then yeah. it's like okay, well, but but for just looking at one movie, then I can understand why you'd be like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is why is he all of a sudden in this kind of position where he's getting in a relationship. Sort yeah, of. pretty much. I can, yeah, yeah, I can understand. But I guess, as, again, as we've discussed, she is important, narratively speaking, because yes. she clearly is the first of a relationship. Not saying he mm. hasn't had ladies over. I mean, he would, absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. But this is the first time that a woman's actually like triggered something in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. That, that connection, it's an immediate attraction. There's that gorgeous uh, scene at the uh, fundraiser yeah. <laughs> where he's sort of following her and you've got I, that wonderful moment where Alfred's picking oh, up everything man. behind yeah. him. <laughs> I, love, I love that scene. Yeah, just look on Michael Keaton's face, yeah. the way he acts it. It's just... Yeah. And Michael Goff as Alfred just is Michael perfect. Michael Goff, oh my God. He's perfect. What a gorgeous human he is. Well, speaking of gorgeous humans, we'll talk. let's talk about the cast. Yes. So, you know, I'd mentioned before that people were a bit Michael Keaton as Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was he a good Batman? Um, he was an alright Batman. Brutal. Um, <laughs> well, to be honest, I haven't seen any other Batman, so I can't really, uh, apart from um, Batflick um, in Justice League, but that's completely uh, different. Okay, yes. right, right, right. An interpretation, though, nonetheless. Yeah. It's still a good So, for me, I haven't really seen that many Batman movies to compare the different actors that portrayed Batman. So, what do, what you knew of Batman, because mm. you, you know of Batman. Yeah. yeah. So, what you knew of him, was this a a good portrayal of what you knew or what you thought Batman should or could or would be? Yes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he, he goes out, fights crime, and he, he doesn't have any special superpowers like other superheroes do. Yeah. But, I don't know, like, I, I, I'd need to go out and watch the other Batman films to be able to say whether he's done yeah. the best job or, you know, the worst job or whatever. So I can't, I don't really have a... Like yeah. a proper yes/no sort of yeah. answer, so yeah. Yeah, I guess because it's it, I'm getting that you didn't quite really dr- get drawn into the film, into the world, into the story. That so then everything else by default probably doesn't yeah. <laughs> stand out as, as such a as such a highlight. Yeah, uh, Kirsten, your thoughts on yeah. Michael Keaton as Batman? I love him on like every yeah. other film that he does. Um, Birdman is actually one oh. of my favorites. Oh, Birdman is so what a beautiful, good. Film. amazing. Yeah. So um, I would have to say I'm, I agree with Kendall. I think he's the best Batman yes. in my opinion. I feel like even though even after we get the whole backstory, we still we still look at him and you think he's still such a mystery. Yeah. I just, just the look. He doesn't give everything away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just just the looks that he gives, even to Vicky. Like even though he gives a little bit more, mm. he's still 
there's still something there he sort of holds back and I think he just does it so well and for someone like myself that's not as much into the superhero Mm -hmm. films that's why I think I do enjoy the Tim Burton side of things a little bit more it's a little bit more as I keep saying theatrical and over the top it's just that little bit they're, they're okay with making it a bit, making fun of it, as it were. They're sort of, they're okay with going, we are, we're all aware that this is such an out there, crazy world we're in, but we're all, you know, we're all in it. We're all excited about it. So, no, I thought he was amazing. That's a really yeah. good observation as well, Kirsten, because mm-hmm. one thing that Tim Burton, I guess, his point of view was, I remember him saying this to Michelle Pfeiffer when he directed her in Batman Returns. I had a feeling we're going to start talking about her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But he, he said, and this you can compare then the different films in, the, in this quadrilogy of Batman films mm. with the way Burton directs and the way with Joel Schumacher went on to direct, mm. was that Burton had said to her, you play it straight. You play it real. Yeah. It's a heightened reality, yes. but it is real. Yeah, and yeah. this is why there are over-the-top fun moments mm. where these characters are larger than life. But, and even the Joker, I will say, plays it straight. Any sort of campiness or, mm. or comedy comes from his psychosis and totally. you know sociopath tendencies and, and mania and all of these mm. things. But he's still playing it straight. He's still sinister all the mm. way through it. Kendall, you've said it and Kirsten's answered for you, but please reiterate your thoughts on Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah, yeah, basically the same thing. Yeah, like I said at the top of the show, yeah, he's still my favourite after all these years. We've had so many Batmen, as it were, over the last 30 plus years, 50, 60 years, you know. But I just, everything about his betrayal, the the subtlety to everything he does, the way he delivers his lines, yeah. it's just really great. You, he's just so charming as well. I think, yeah, like I just, I just, and endearing, and and you just rooting for him, and you can you can see that he's silently suffering. Yeah. I'd sleep with him on the first day too. Uh, <laughs> yes, I would. Yes. I would one hundred and ten percent. I don't. I, I I love Vicky's like I can't believe I did that. I'm like I know I can't. Yeah. I can't yeah. I believe it. Yeah, but I just yeah. I mean, and it's it's interesting that. Sorry, no, sorry to cut you off there, Kendall. No, but just thinking okay. as well, Alfred's reaction to seeing Vicky the next morning—it's just like another day. It's yeah, just like, yeah, oh, yeah. This is Let's see, like that's all. <laughs> I think it's, just, I know. it's gorgeous. It is yeah. so wonderful. Sorry, Kendall. You were no, saying. that's okay. But like, it, it's it's interesting though when you think about it. I don't think they would have cast someone like Michael Keaton to play Batman now because yeah. of the way superhero movies have now gone. Mm. A lot of them are always like, oh, you've got to cast this like extra broody mm. especially for Batman yeah. and you know there's so much more action and fight scenes involved mm. in these movies now mm. whereas like back at that time like there were some great action sequences and they were shot really cleverly and uh, uh, you know I love the way the cameras focus on like his like tools equipment yeah. and stuff he uses like I think it's gorgeous it is like it's like you said it's like a comic book exactly yeah, yeah I, I feel like if you freeze frame any moment yeah. you just it will just turn into a picture it's yeah. great book. it's great yeah. but like nobody expected Michael Keaton to kind of be trained in, in, in any kind of martial arts yeah or gain all this muscle weight like he could just be who he was and it was acceptable mm. and the suit looked great on him and yeah. he just he owned it and just I yeah I could go on and on I, <laughs> I love I love everything about his performance I think it's wonderful yeah I'll summarize with saying I 100% agree with everything that you have said excellent Philip your thoughts on Michael Keaton as Batman I I'm going to have an un- another unpopular opinion. Oh my god, Phil! <laughs> no, but not quite what you think I'm about to say. I actually have yet to see a live-action 
Batman that I'm happy with. Okay. okay Just right. in general. <laughs> now, enough. Michael Keaton as a whole, I think does a really good job for that, like you guys have been saying, that, that lovable, that, mm. that really relatable sort of person. Yeah. But he lacks, and again, I think this works more towards the writing and the script itself. He lacks, for me, he lacks the, a lot of the action. And he lacks completely, as far as I'm concerned, detective. I would not call Michael Keaton's Batman the world's greatest detective. Despite the working out of the chemicals and yeah, so forth? nothing. Not at all. Really? Um, for me, that is more... You know, any chemist could have done that. He just got there first. Sort of thing. And I know that mm. sounds a bit shot in the air. But for me, that he doesn't do that. But I'd also say the same of... Uh, with Christopher Nolan, um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I'd say the same thing. I got zero detective from Christian Bale. I got plenty of action and plenty of you know, like you're saying, the martial arts and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And Batfleck, that was the closest to. Um, he was a bit more of a t- detective. Yeah. Uh, got, but then I actually didn't like him with his action sequences yeah. and he was far too moody and far too unrelatable as a character. So I've yet for myself... Oh, wait, we're see... not even going to discuss George Clooney, are we? <laughs> What's <laughs> to discuss? Yeah. Nipples. Nipples. Well, Batman. you know, but it, it's actually, if, we're, if yeah. you've brought up all the other Batman portrayals, it's interesting, and I, I might be wrong, but I doubt that I am. When we consider the many men who have portrayed Batman in a live action form on this scale, mm. Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer are perhaps the only two that have not been reduced to parody, to vicious mm. memes, to speculation. Totally. People do hold Michael Keaton in a high regard. For People sure. defend, rightly so, Val Kilmer's portrayal, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. as well. I think that says a lot Most about it. But this movie features more than just one man. Yes. Um, we've got the Joker. Yes. We've got Vicky Vale. Yeah. We've got Alfred Pennyworth. Yes. We've got a wonderful array of characters as well. Some more complex and in-depth than others. Mm. Kirsten used a wonderful term to describe Vicky Vale and watching this time round with a critical viewpoint, it did stick out how underwritten the character is. Mm. She, For me, she's there to just... You know, she's, so, she's there to serve Batman in his growth and development. Yeah. And, of course, Batman always needs a, a lady to heterosexualize him as well and to mm. enforce um, his masculinities. She does it beautifully and she does it well. Kim Basinger, I think, absolutely amazing as Vicky Vale, replaced Sean Young after Sean Young was cast and then injured herself. Yeah, that's mm. right. So Kim pretty much, I think, got the script, read it, said yes. They're like, great, come over. And, you know, had like a day to prepare, had the flight to the UK to prepare um, for Vicky Vale. So you're right, she does scream a lot, damsel in distress, very much so. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's aware of it, though. There are times when she just groans and grunts at herself (laughs) as well. Her portrayal is fun and it serves a purpose. But, yeah, what did you all think of, of Vicky Vale in this film and Kim Basinger's portrayal of her? Eh. Oh. Man, yeah. just, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm if so you, looking wait. forward to our scores at the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. If you ant Jack Nicholson, I'm leaving this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, as having Vicky Vale, the leading lady, and really besides Cherry Hall, the only main lady yeah. uh, in the film, 
and they both look alike. Just yeah. FYI. You, 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 well, yeah, they do. Well, it explains Very the Joker's smart. attraction to her, though. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, which uh, makes sense. Yeah, you you weren't a fan, or just it was uh, the the character, the role, the performance was nothing special. No, yeah, I think it's just her character just wasn't really that special to me. To mm-hmm. be honest, it just didn't seem right. Okay, I suppose the way that she portrayed herself in the film. I don't know. I just yeah, I didn't really like her that much. Yeah, I like I like Kim Basinger's performance. Mm. Maybe the writing did underserve her character a mm. little bit. Maybe because I think there was kind of a lot of potential to kind of develop her a lot more and to kind of make her this interesting like. But she was very much a just a facade of like the photographer mm. and the love interest, and that's that was it. Um, she was a plot device. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it sucks because you know I mean. If that had happened now, you know, there'd be outrage, um, and understandably so. But, you know, in the 80s, I guess, like, and for Batman, yeah, that's just the way that was going to go. And but yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. I still, I can still, like, appreciate her, obviously. But It's difficult because you've got Batman, you've got the Joker. There's a little room for everyone, anyone else True. to breathe. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. literally a two-man show. Yeah. Yeah. Mono yeah. e mono for a reason. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Coast, did you want to elaborate um, on damsel in distress, or do you think um, that kind of sums it up? Yeah, well, uh, as Kendall was saying in regards to the script, I think yeah, there was a few moments that I felt that they were a little, like a little bit simple. Mm. Like maybe when you see her character for the first time, we just see her legs, and I kind of, <laughs> I was kind of expecting hello legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was kind of expecting her to maybe sass back a little bit back mm. at him, going, "Yeah, I'm a woman in the in yeah. this industry. Back mm. off. I'll show you what I can do." And there was a few moments of like, then she lent into the. <laughs> She wants Knox because Knox is the only one pursuing Batman. Mm. She's yeah. using him. She is, you know, in that couple, she is in power. Oh, for yeah. sure. You know, she's in that power position. But I, yeah, but I kind of felt like she could have used that a little bit more, maybe mm-hmm. been a little bit more seductive, <laughs> like playing with that, like yeah. knowing, okay, this guy is hitting on me. He's, you know, obviously just, you know, looking at me for my legs and everything <laughs> else. Maybe I should play to that to get, you know, get what I want out of this sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I just sort of felt there's a few moments sort of missed. Maybe even at the end when she sort of kissed him mm. on the cheek, I kind of wanted that really cheesy like, oh, bye, Knox, and just <laughs> yeah. and just make out with him, and go bye, and then do a sexy walk away. <laughs> it's like if you're gonna do it, go all out. Just yeah. torture Knox. Absolutely. <laughs> Philip, what did you think of Vicky Vale and Kim Basinger's portrayal? I think yeah, again. Uh, not enough um, written for her, mm. but an absolutely brilliant performance for what was given. Mm. Ironically mm. enough, from what I said just before, I think she made a better detective than Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, again, it, it would have been nice to have seen a bit more, but mm. this was the Batman and Joker show. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we've talked a bit about Jack Nicholson already, but mm. did anyone have any other comments about his portrayal? Maybe what they liked, what they didn't like? Oh god, I just I just love how like I didn't never notice it before watching it, but this time around just like he literally turns everything into a joke. Yes. Yeah. Which is great it's and so it's good. fun and, and it makes sense. And, and it makes so <laughs> yeah. much sense. Obviously he's living up to his name. But um no, I love and the way Jack Nicholson just throws himself into the mm. performance, it is what you're saying earlier, it's such a heightened yeah. world and, and he's playing it straight in a lot of scenes, but then he lets himself have fun and just throws himself into it. And it's not like any other role he's ever done. No. It's like you think about him in like The Departed or in like Chinatown yeah. or any or One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, like and you can and The Shining, like one of my favourite movies ever. Just yeah. yeah, they're all completely different and this one just stands out as something so 
out there that he did, and he did it so well. Yeah, I love what he did with the role. I yeah, think he had fantastic. a lot of he had a lot of say, didn't he? Because he made, he had a lot of conditions yeah. for signing That's on. That's right, he did, didn't he? He wanted well, he had he got a big paycheck out yeah. of it, and then he also wanted he asked for certain things. I think was it his suit? I think he asked for the way his suit was made. He wanted it okay. to be tailor made to his body body type, and he had certain conditions in his contract of how he wanted the character yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. So was, he was obviously yeah. clearly invested. He didn't just. Mm cash it in like for example no. it wasn't just like oh yeah i'll just rock up do my thing and yeah. leave like he committed yeah and it showed you know and i think his portrayal has endured for a reason mm. 100%. yeah i mean the fact that it is jack nicholson and anything he does is yeah. just absolutely brilliant mm. i mean the man is just He's incredible <laughs> like yeah. yeah one of the finest actors mm. of his or any generation absolutely. yes um just absolutely incredible mm. So, yeah, where I was saying before about Batman, I've yet to find a live-action Batman that I like, I would actually say the opposite, Mm. where Jack Nicholson, for me, is, in terms of live-action, the quintessential Joker. Mm. If if I could say anything, Mm. I'd say the only thing I would have liked to have seen more is... Again, let's not worry about the backstory or the crap, but I would have liked to have seen more... Joker the Batman, mm. as in Joker becoming obsessed with Batman mm. as opposed to being hindered by Batman. Mm. Um, which, again, though, that's me bringing in what I know of the more defined Joker going through the animated series and all that. But, again, it is Jack Nicholson who built what uh, Mark Hamill brought to the animated Joker. That's true, yeah. Mark Mark Hamill's Joker is all about the joke. It's the punchline. Mm. Even if the punchline is you dying, that is his punchline. Yeah, Yeah. I'm glad you're dead. That's it. That's amazing. I mean, the last... in, um, In the animated series, there's a lady who has a flashback to the final showdown between... Batman and Joker mm. and the last line that Joker says he gets he actually gets killed by Robin who he's brainwashed to become sort of a mini me mm. Joker and Robin's meant to shoot Batman but he pushes through the brain uh, washing and shoots the Joker to which the Joker's line is that's not funny yeah <laughs> and I think that's just Spine tingling, amazing, and that to me is what I can see in Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because the Joker has two references to death just before he dies. Mm. You know, and the last yeah. one is sometimes I just kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you're right, everything is a joke. And I'm sorry, the let me lend you a hand gag yeah. is one of the funniest <laughs> things. It is just so funny. It and I love that he finds it hilarious. Yeah. He laughs at his own jokes. Yeah. It doesn't matter if no one else finds it funny. Yeah. Yeah. He is the funniest man in the room as yeah. far as he's concerned. Oh absolutely. Yeah, and I wouldn't argue with him. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean and Phil you also talked about how the Joker's portrayal here is so influential on the animated series Mm. and Mark Hamill's portrayal of the Joker. This film was influential on the animated series, but Mm. not only, I guess, in its performances and maybe its its narrative style, but also in its aesthetics and its sound as well. So if we think about the more technical stuff, Mm. we've got 
a very distinctive Gotham City. It's mm. not just your normal metropolitan city. It doesn't look like New York. It is Gotham City. Mm-hmm. And we've got Danny Elfman's score. Oh, and the music of Prince so as well. Oh, these, these elements tell a story. So yeah. let me just throw to you lovely folks your thoughts on the technical side of Tim Burton's Batman. Mm. Who wants to go first? I know that back then visual effects were not as you know, they're not considered so high and, you know, high quality as they are now. Yeah. Um, Watching it from that kind of standpoint, I saw where, you know, the visual effects looked very obvious. Um, You can see it. It's very, yeah, it's very obvious. I could could see the map paintings, for example, but it didn't bother bother me. Like for me, and then the big light beams uh, towards the end, they, they were obvious. Visual effects. Yeah. The the car, the shadow casting of Batman at the beginning um, looked very cartoony. It's so again, funny. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny though because I remember watching that as a kid, and and loving the fact that he was just lur- lurking on the rooftop yeah. and then turns away with with his cape flying behind yeah. him. And but then watching it as an adult, I'm like, I don't remember it looking that bad. What yeah. happened? I mean, let's not, let's not forget it's working with the technology of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can't be I mean, critiqued is, for, for. No. That. No. This no. This was no. before even Jurassic Park, which yes, was before years before Jurassic that, Park. That's it. And Jurassic, why I mentioned that, is Jurassic Park was known for changing the game in CG. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, and if we decided to review Jurassic Park with a critical mindset, if we wanted to be that critical, I don't think we would say great things about its CG either. But I think for myself, definitely, and I've said this on, on Fred Watch before, is that if the film is involving, if it's engrossing, I don't notice any of these flaws mm. or, or, these, you at least or this aging. You don't, you don't care. care. No, yeah. you really don't care. And I think fully it's stand out for you because, you know, you weren't really invested. Mm. I love the score in this. It's just mm. so emotive. Oh my God, the it's music so is one of the best things about this film yeah. and it really helps to just elevate the entire thing. Everything, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and just reinforce the just the big deal that this movie is yeah. in terms, not just in, like whether or not you think it's a good movie or not, but in terms of how groundbreaking it was. Mm. Everyone remembers this score. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'd say second best superhero theme song ever. Mm. Well, what's the best? Superman. Good yeah. call. I was going to say, if you, don't, if you don't say Superman, I'd be... Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah I know. I, well, it's my fa- that's my favourite <laughs> film score of all time. Yeah. So. Chris, and your thoughts on the score, the aesthetic? Yeah, like Wayne was saying, when you, like there are those moments that that you really you know it's that bit you know bit of nostalgia, bit of drama, all of that. You don't. I didn't really notice any of that sort of the technical side because I was in the moment yeah. of it. When you're thinking of you know the difference like in '89, mm. um, comparing to Jack Nicholson's first movie, Little Shop of Horrors, yeah. back in 1960, <laughs> and they had a coconut for the, the talking plant. Like <laughs> yeah, like yeah. There's going to be obviously you know things that are going to be noticeable as time goes on, but I feel like because of the drama of it all with it being a Tim Burton. It's, you know, it's meant to have that yeah. look of it. It's, you know, it is like out of a page of a comic book again. So mm. yeah. it's, I yeah, I felt all the emotions and the music again. It's just incredible. Yeah. So, I, I do yeah. love, I love the aesthetic mm. of this world. Yeah. It, you know, it, the, the film won an Oscar for its art direction. Mm. Uh, so it was very awesome. well deserved there. 
I have to admit the special effects were actually pretty good, mm. especially the explosion scene exploding the factory mm. towards the end. Mm. Um, yeah, it was very yeah. impressive. That that was really impressive. Mm. Um, you know, seeing the Batmobile was <laughs> really mm. awesome to see. Yeah. Um, so for me, in that in that instance, I did enjoy that aspect of the aesthetics of the film. I agree with the music. The music was actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did like the music. Yeah, speaking of like of the Batmobile, I love how the gadgets and the vehicles mm-hmm. are slowly revealed. It's not just everything at yes. once. Yeah. I yeah. thought that that was done really well. Yeah. I mean, this is Batman, the biggest he's ever been yeah. on mm-hmm. on screen, yeah. and so you know, it's it's, it's a flashy show offy piece, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it probably talks to our question how you were saying before. Some of the action sequences probably seemed a bit longer mm-hmm. and maybe not as taut or as fast paced. Yeah. I think that was just like no, no, we're we're showing you yeah. all of these toys and everything that's, that's happening. That's what yeah. I, t- I took from it. Is like they're really milking this. So yeah. Going, this is what Batman is going to do now. And like, I did, I understand that, but yeah, just, I think from, I think I've sort of just, my brain has been warped with all of the, (laughs) you know, movies since then, you just kind of go, oh, this needs to happen. Boom, 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 boom. But thinking of that, actually, and this has just come to me now, there were a few bits where it was that sort of, these days you might describe it as Thunderbirdy or um, Dragon Ball Z, um, where it's that, it is, it's that everything's happening and it's still that, uh, meanwhile, and then he's still driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Um, sort of thing where. I love that part. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I personally really it's enjoy fun. that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. yeah. yeah. Um, but I can also definitely see that it allows you to sort of almost. Uh, again, it's hard because of the aging. It it helps with our modern eye. Let's mm. let's say that cynically to see the strings. Yeah, as it were. But I personally, I personally feel I prefer it that way over. I wouldn't have enjoyed this movie doing a Nolan verse super fast cut action all over the place like you have a modern action movie. It would not have worked. No, and it would have been considered, I think, too fast paced yeah, back in the day in yeah. that regard. You're not taking it all in. Yeah, well, sorry, with an example of the like, pace, like there was that moment when. Um, Joker was taking Vicky up you know, upstairs, yeah. Yeah. and I was—I just kept on thinking. Well, just earlier, Batman got out his gadget, yeah, you know, um, to you know, fly up. Yeah, why didn't he do that in that moment? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, like maybe it doesn't go all the way up to the top of that. Yeah. Very yeah. Big maybe that might have been <laughs> his. Yeah. And but I must admit, I thought the same thing. I was like, dude, you've got a grapple hook. You I could have just gone like, scale a few stairs. Mm, yeah, true. I could have. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it probably, like you're saying, building the anticipation. Mm, maybe he exactly. wants to sneak up on the Joker um, mm, you know yeah. he's obviously very injured after mm, you know, that's true he was after, after the, crash. The, the, the crash yeah so yeah he and, had, yeah he Joker had Vicky he wanted to yeah, yeah. yeah. so you know thing. and sure, of yeah. course we've now realised as, as we've said it's personal now mm. <laughs> yeah between the two yeah. well I mean the, the film in itself was was huge back in the day we'd mm. never seen a superhero movie quite like this yeah, the most successful superhero before then was superman yeah. back in the late 70s and that was a different aesthetic that was paced differently mm. i think this this one was probably paced a bit more taut like i think it's a i bit, agree yeah. especially when it does the romance element with vicky here if we yeah. compare it to the uh, superman Lois Lane romance of, of the 70s I think this one goes about it in a more um, efficient way if you like or economical yeah. way yeah to the uh, point way yeah look yeah it was huge and it spawned the sequel Batman Returns which Tim Burton came back for a lot of the principal players did come back for as well including Michael Keaton thank goodness he came back yeah. and Michael Goff reprised his role yes. as yeah. well uh, Pat Hingle as the Commissioner Gordon so that was really lovely to see mm-hmm. that film I think 
is quite underrated. It wasn't appreciated in its time. It received a backlash from parent groups uh, because I suppose more than anything of the, the Catwoman element who is quite sexualized. Yeah. And the film is dark. It does deal with the kidnapping of children. Yeah. And, and you know, the opening scene is of a baby being thrown in a river. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so the parental backlash um, really affected its box office and was also the reason why Tim didn't come back for part three. Who knows if he would have anyway, but if Tim didn't come back, Michael didn't come back. Mm, uh, yeah. So we got a new director with Joel Schumacher who did a great job with Batman Forever and we had Val Kilmer in that lead role. Mm. The villains are a bit more heightened and even campier. Mm, yes. The aesthetic <laughs> in the palette is a little bit brighter. Yeah. That seemed to work. It got a bigger box office return than Batman Returns. Mm. So the studio was very happy with Joel mm. and they're like, fantastic, let's keep selling toys. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. The, uh, the drive for Batman and Robin with George Clooney was make it a toy commercial mm, and everything basically. is is amped up so the franchise dies essentially this quadrilogy dies anyway but you cannot kill batman no. um, it is responsible for a wonderful legacy including the animated series as you mm. mentioned and really love philip as well so for that and i know we've all sort of hinted at it a little bit today but i guess let's try to go for a definitive yes or no does the film hold up today yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. In terms of like, just, but I don't know. Cause it's like, for me, it's just, I'm so biased because I've seen this movie so many times. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of approach it in terms of does it, does it or does it not hold up with its, it's, it's legacy. But well, I mean, it has such an incredible cinematic legacy anyway, just because of, like I said earlier, like just an iconic superhero film mm. like you said never been done like this before mm. changed the way we view superheroes the way we view comic books and comic movies so yeah i mean in terms of that in it, with its legacy i think it, that holds up and mm. and yeah i don't know and then just the way we approach batman too because batman does work like they, they they've stuck with this gritty style yeah mm. like they've never really i mean batman and robin kind of came close to going back to the campiness yes well it was building on a momentum though from batman forever, forever. Yeah, yeah that's right but then they kind of when nolan brought it back to you know this dark like slightly darker realistic mm. kind of you know grit and and portrayal like it yeah it just kind of seems that tim burton's batman is where that kind of started and they just kept running with yeah. that because it, it worked yeah Kirsten does the film hold up well today mm. even compared to its contemporaries oh, it's a it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to judge actually I would I think if it didn't have the cast that it has mm. I would say no yeah but because it was you know Jack Nicholson and and Michael and you know Kim Basinger and it yeah. just and I, it's sort of hard for me from my point of view because of you know, I was brought up with it, so I love it. I for myself, it holds up, but yeah. I don't know if it holds up in in the world of Batman. People have so, you know, there's so many you know lovers of Batman, and everyone is so everyone has their own opinions on what is the true Batman. So it's yeah. everyone. It's very hard to sort of say whether this holds up compared to the real Batman <laughs> or you know who is Batman, who yeah. is the real Batman. Yeah. It's yeah, that is that is a tricky, yeah. that is a really tricky question, actually. Yeah. So you're on the fence I'm, on this one. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry to say. No, that's <laughs> a really annoying yeah. answer. No, 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 it's yeah. not annoying at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. So, fully, you've seen at least you know Batman. I guess share the screen with other people. And yeah. This was your first solo film with Batman, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. So as his first solo outing, does it? Well, probably doesn't hold up well based on your feedback. But does it 
make you or inspire you or make you curious to see him in other films? Look, um, despite what I've said, um, I would like to at least see the other Batman films that are out there Mm. um, just so that I can compare to what I have seen with this with this particular film but I won't be so interested in going to see it straight away oh okay like I if I don't see it you know in the next week or so I'm it's not gonna phase me you'll be you'll be fine with it yeah yeah Yeah. I'll be fine if I don't see them like I'll get around to them when I do yeah Philip how does this one hold up does it as a movie in its own right I feel it does hold up mm. it, it, it it was an amazing movie it, it set the precedent for superhero movies along with Superman before it. and however I do wonder if we looked into the context of kids seeing it today mm. I do think they would struggle with the aesthetics and even just some of the storytelling elements mm. which are again being a slower pace etc so in terms of holding up for a modern audience or a modern young audience, I think it may struggle a wee bit. Mm. But it definitely holds up and should be held up in and revered in uh, superhero history. Yeah, well, yeah. won't surprise you that I think it holds up extraordinarily yeah. well. <laughs> yes. And I think the story works for the purpose yeah. of the film and the story it wants to tell. I've always seen it as almost like an Elseworlds adventure, an alternative telling of events um, these characters are too huge and beautiful and diverse and there's been too many creative people across their epic history yeah. and so much influence to just stick to the one narrative. So I think it, it holds up well as itself. I feel like yeah. as much as I really love Batman Returns and I think uh, Batman Forever is quite good as well, if this was the only Batman movie you went back to watch, I think you'd be really satisfied with it. I agree. But I think on that, we've got to think what our final thoughts and a score out of five are mm. <laughs> yeah so fulia <laughs> here we your, go your this final what, i've thoughts been looking forward to this <laughs> and the score out of five for tim Burton's batman okay so it was an okay movie in for a for a superhero film i, I unfortunately wasn't very invested in it from the beginning uh so two out of five for me i'm sorry oh my oh that hurts <laughs> Take the batarang from out my heart. (laughs) Kirsten, your final Um, thoughts and a score out of five. Well, what a journey it's been. (laughs) (laughs) That it has. That it has. Um, Well, it's, as I've said, I have enjoyed um, Tim Burton's vision, you know, looking into it as if you're reading a comic book. So I've really enjoyed it on that level. I do enjoy the other Batman villains as, you know, as the story does go on, like Poison Ivy, for example. Mm. I do enjoy that a great deal. So in saying that, I'll probably go three bats out of five. <laughs> <laughs> three out of five. bats out yeah. of three bats. Nice. Kendall, your final thoughts on Batman. Okay. So there's a couple of things I want to mention that I haven't had a chance to mention yet. One, I... Door, Robert Wool's portrayal of Alexander Knox. He is fantastic. <laughs> he nails every little scene he's in and delivers his comedic lines with awesome just expertise. I just really adore him and he deserves more love. And another thing, I feel like there's a comparison between Nolan's The Dark Knight and this film we've missed. 
the the Dark Knight pays homage to Burton's Batman, I think, in two particular scenes. One, there is the scene um, where you know Batman's on his bike and he's coming at mm. at the Joker, mm. and he's like, and the Joker's like, hit me, hit me. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Same scene in this yeah. when he's in the Bat plane coming yeah. straight for the Joker, and the Joker's like, you know, do, and then the last time we actually see the Joker in both of these movies, he's dangling off a building. Yeah, mm. like. Beautifully done. Yeah. So I just, I when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, they're, they're like so the same. Yeah. Anyway, so I just thought I wanted to mention that. I thought that was really, really cool. But yes, Burton's Batman, as I've said, it's just, yeah, it's, I'll always go back to it. It's my favorite Batman film apart from The Dark Knight and Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman. Burton just never would have thought he would do a comic book movie so well and give it such justice in my opinion and I love his take. I love the differences with the story. Everything just, you know, reiterating and summarizing everything we already said. But I, I love it. Five out of five. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Philip. Um, as I've sort of said, there are bits and pieces of this film which don't hold up for me or could have been done differently. It's all well and good to say as an armchair writer, but that's just sort of how I feel. However, end of the day, this is an iconic superhero, Mm -hmm. iconic Batman portrayal, an absolutely legendary performance by everyone involved. And I feel that this should, whenever anyone goes to make a Batman, or in the same uh, token, any superhero movie, this should be something that should be heavily referenced, heavily looked into first. Um, So for me, I'd say force out of five yeah fantastic yes yeah i adore this story of batman we've got my favorite batman in my favorite batman movie i think the narrative is fantastic i love the the rise of batman as a character and the rise of the joker as well and then they fight against each other in this epic smackdown and I love that the Joker still pulls out some gags <laughs> wouldn't hit a guy with glasses would you yeah <laughs> great it just it's one of those films that you can appreciate it as a comic book movie but it stands on its own as well mm. it pays yeah. homage to Batman's origins you know in terms of being in the comic books there's even some throws to the 60s series as well such as mm-hmm. batman's introduction when he's just like spreading his his cape and you know adam mm-hmm. west does that at one stage towards the end of the series it's just lovely mm-hmm. there's just a lot of iconic moments there yeah vicky vale is a little bit underwritten and kim basinger just does a wonderful job with what she's given i love the way it's cut together i love the look of this film I think for an alternative version of Batman's origin story, it is a solid movie. Four and a half from me. Four and a half. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, Philip, I'm curious. What will we be reviewing next time? Well, I thought I'd head us down a completely different path. Yes. And I thought I'd indulge in my uh, gamer roots. Oh, okay. For next time, we shall be watching... The Disney film Wreck-It Ralph. Cute. (laughs) Yes, I've seen Wreck-It Ralph, so it'll be great revisiting that, because I've only seen it once, so it'll be good to see it again. What a good pick. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) Well, he's so happy with that news. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, now comes the part where I relieve you, the little people, 
of the burden of your failed and useless lives. <laughs> I've been a Wayne Stellini. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Kirsten Shanahan. I've been a Fulia Cantanamaja. And I've been a Philip Hunting. And you've just, just experienced Fred Watch. Cue music. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, Philip, you're killing it. And sing. Blooper reel. G'day! Hello! Hello! Hey! Hey! Whoa! Whoa! Hey! I'm Wayne Stellini. And I'm a Philip Humpting. And welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review... (sighs) Wake up, wake up. View and review. View and review. I'm sorry. What? Ah, yes. One second, the light off. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I was trying to get my phone. It's um, I'm falling sure. asleep on me. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> Look, Wayne. We've got every four, month. We've got every month. <laughs> <laughs> they hear the blooper reel. They know what I have to put up with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'll see if we're still friends by the end of this film. Oh, we're always still friends. (laughs) We're glutton for punishment. (laughs) Okay, so. Awesome. What's (laughs) this? I was waiting for you to laugh and I didn't want you to laugh. (laughs) I'm going to have to do it the same way. I know, I know, but now I'm expecting it. And more importantly, Kendall's expecting it. Awesome. So what are we watching today? Reviewing the scene already. Uh, yeah. However, the plan is thwarted when Batman, Michael Keaton, arrives and Napier falls into a vat of chemicals. Emo- chemicals, chemicals. However, the plan is thwarted. However, the plan is thwarted. <laughs> I love it. It's the one word. However, the plan is... Wow. <laughs> Kendall, I blame you. I'm sorry. I'm just going to yeah. gonna do this. I'm Thwarted. Sorry. Merry Christmas. Mm. Mm. However, the plan is thwarted. What the fuck? It's foiled. I'm having... France. It's <laughs> my chaos PTSD when I can't say a word right. This is exactly what happens to me. <laughs> now, you, now you see. I see. I understand. Okay. Absolutely, uh, an absolutely legendary performance by all involved. Yes. I'm going to try that one more time because grammatically it didn't work. And scene. <laughs> How long was that? Can I just say, you all survived the nodes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you did so well. Oh, man. Deleted scene. But the other thing that I've uh, watched recently was Detective Pikachu. Oh, hey, yes, finally saw it. Finally saw it. What do you it's, think? It's not too bad. It definitely, um, definitely. When I say definitely for kids, I mean that's a that's a, <laughs> a, a, a duh yeah, moment it, sort of thing. Yeah. But but it really is. It, it's it, it really 
Like, I even... I watched it with my sister in the cinema, and I jokingly... Because we were the only people in the cinema, and so we were having a bit of a chat to each other sort of thing, because we're monsters. And um, <laughs> I, I leaned over to her, and I go, Oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. And it turns out that's the ending. And she turns to me and goes, Oh, thanks for spoiling it. I'm like, <laughs> I guess I'm sorry if I'm on par with the writers. <laughs> <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I picked the twist. Like, yeah. Probably about half an hour. What did you About half an hour or so at least yeah. before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About that point. Yeah. yeah. Same. And you go, oh, I yeah. see what's happening here. Yeah. And yeah. It's, so, it's still really good and really. It's good and clever, it's well, but... it's well done and it's yeah. clever. And when you look at it in the gaze of okay, this is meant to be for children. It's actually really smart what they've done. Mm. Children would be mind blown by this twist. Adults are like, I think so. Oh, that's what you went with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. That's um, cool. I, I definitely say it's it's good. I I still feel that um, I'll be saying all this on the. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I still feel that it's the animation style. Mm-hmm. Um, the old school animation, I think, is still better. I still don't yeah. think it, Pokemon quite translate into the 3D world mm-hmm. properly. But definitely, it's a good movie. But yeah, at, least, it. at least Pikachu actually looks, looks like, like Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sonic, how you going there, mate? Yeah. 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 Time yes, will tell. Sonic, yeah. Sonic has to wait three more months. Time yeah. will tell. <laughs> yes. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell.